This podcast is given to you by Arloka David Smith, teacher and founder of the Dharma Mind Buddhist Group. For more information, please go to dharmamind.net. So our theme this week has been the uh, spiritual principles and, and really focusing, highlighting and bringing them bringing them to the surface and picking over what constitutes the spiritual path um, and to see that these are very distinctive uh, features that we need to give attention to and not marginalize not put them not consider them to be secondary <clears throat> to our cultivation of our meditation our sitting meditation as can often be the case in Buddhism uh, and, and, and to me they're, they're of, of equal importance I've always considered them to be of equal importance so that you, you bring this training into the whole into your into twenty four hours seven days a week that's if you you know if you want to if you want your you know we do t- tend to judge ourselves by our meditation very often, certainly after a while of sitting how far we've come as it were to when we first started and that is a barometer that we use we have to be honest about that, and it's a thing that can um discourage us greatly if we don't if we don't consider ourselves to make make this magical thing called progress and then we can uh, take judgments on ourselves and um, where we are what we're doing, the training that we're doing teacher, tradition, Buddhism start uh, start making judgments on all of those things if, if our meditation has not become what we assumed it would become or what we wanted it to become or or the goal that we set ourselves, and all, and all of these things, it doesn't work that way, and and, and that, that tends to be the very, very often the top and bottom of it, without so much of a reflection on what this training has done to the rest of us and the rest of our life, and how we bought it. And, and I know, and I know much more so than the meditation that that change in your in your as it were, your personality in the round, in, in your in your normal life, the change that takes place is very often incredibly subtle, so subtle you don't even see it, you don't know it, and you assume that you haven't changed, or a little bit maybe, you can sort of recognise one or two little things and think, oh, I'm different to, uh, things are different now than they were when I first started. And so... You know, you can get satisfaction from them, and of course, by all means. But it's you generally don't consider it to be as important as the is the uh, the refinement of your meditation. Um, <clears throat> but the two, they're not, they're not separate; they go hand in hand, and you really have to realise this. It's so easy to split them off, and then meditation becomes a because something that you do it's a goal you know you're doing it to, to get something and, and, it, and it, 
and it becomes separate from your from your life and you don't even really consider the things in your life to be particularly important all the, all the features that we've been speaking about so many of them you don't consider them to be uh, so important maybe some of them that we mentioned this week you maybe never even thought about them let alone give them attention let alone focus and, 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 and cultivated that, that particular aspect possibly never even crossed your mind this is what can happen with this is that we become lopsided and we and we we pick and choose we pick you know what what's important and what not's important but if you want change an authentic change which this will give you <clears throat> you've got to be see yourself in the round in the whole not cut yourself up and target areas and stuff you know this is all ambition again isn't it you know you're doing it to get this <clears throat> when you don't get it then you know it becomes an issue and they all feed into each other because ultimately they're all it's all one so you're cultivating one aspect of yourself it 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 it, it, it without doubt it affects other parts of you even if you're not really aware of it because of the suffering of what we're doing you're not really aware of what's going on and say change is taking place and you're not even aware of it. It's not in your face at all. And maybe you'll never be aware of, the, of those. It's so because it's, it's almost like it happens behind you. You can't see. You can't see it happening. I mean, what 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 it, what it is doing? You know, if you want to try and make some sense of that, is that if you see yourself in the round, just imagine yourself to be a, a circle, a ball your personality, who you are, is, is something round. Made up of all bits, that when you put them all together, makes this circle. Well, then the Dharma comes along. And the Dharma doesn't highlight anything. It doesn't pick something out, pick, pick, pick a part of that circle out, a part of that package out, and, and focus on it and work on it. That's what you would like it to do, because you want change, and you want to change this, and you want to change that. So therefore, you want the Dharma to focus on this. Oh, that doesn't matter. That's not this is this is. So you're trying to make it on your terms, and 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 and, and achieve what you want to achieve, what what you consider to be important. That's what we do. We can't help it. You know, this is this is how how we are. But the Dharma doesn't work like that. Dharma's not interested in, in what you want. Never has been. Never will be. It's an, in, it's an impersonal process, if you like, a principle that, that, that takes place. That it's it's a nat, the natural law that engages when you create the conditions for it to come into your life. And it will engage with you. It will engage with, with what's been presented. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't negotiate with you as you would like it to. Well, what it does, it's, it's like... I imagine it, in, in my, my imagination, when I try to sort of explain it to myself, as I say, I sort of imagine myself as like a, like, like a, you know, like a circle, if you like. And the Dharma comes along, and like I say, it doesn't do this, it doesn't pick this bit out and that bit out, as you would like it to be. Or, or I want to change that, I don't like that part of me, let's get rid of that, or I want my meditation to be, that's this bit here. And do that. What it does, it comes to you, and what it does is it just moves around like this. 
It doesn't target any one area. It doesn't go where you want it to go. It just very quietly and very subtly moves around the totality of who you are. And this is why it's subtle. If it stopped in one space, you, you would see it and you would, I don't know, it'd be something sort of more tangible. But it, but it moves quite mysteriously around the whole, the whole of who you are. And it's like it polishes the whole of who you are. But because it's going around the whole of you, it's very subtle and you don't identify it in places. So you can't pick it out and you can't make it stop here and stop there. It's just something that takes place like this. But it's like a polishing process. And it's like when you do polish something, it's never, it's never, it's never obvious. You, you just do the whole thing and the whole thing just begins to, begins to um, get, get brighter. Rather than one area gets brighter, the whole thing gets the whole thing gets brighter. So there's no particular area, and that's how the Dharma works. Not how the world works. If it's a worldly thing, like I say, you target it like you do in your life. You have ambition. You want this bit to be better, so you focus on that, and you do whatever with education or a skill or, or whatever that you learn. So you target it, and you put your energy and your focus. And you have this goal, and I start here, and I want to get there, and that's what you do. But this is different. <clears throat> You're dealing with something that is not your possession, that you don't, that that, that you can never possess, and, and you can never really know. All you can do is give yourself to it, and trust it, surrender yourself, trust it, and give it, give yourself. <clears throat> what that will do is it will address you in the, in the round, in the whole. And like I say, because it works that way, you don't see it, because it's, very, it's almost very quietly working. Just little, little, little polishing things going on. You, you, you never get any awareness. You're not, it just hit you in the face. Sometimes you pick things up. But most of the time you don't. You have to trust it. This, this is the uniqueness of the Dharma. It's trust. And you give yourself to it. And even though you don't see the change, you trust that it's actually working. And you just keep giving yourself, keep applying yourself, keep that commitment going, without getting the reward that another part of you is always wanting when it does something. You don't get the reward in that way. Fruit, reward does come. But it will always be unexpected. Probably never something you'd never thought of. Suddenly come from you don't know where, uh, and then and then it and then it goes into change, and it's something that then you either you either you either embrace the spirit of the Dharma and let it go, or then you go and grab it and make it a possession, and then you upset the whole apple cart. Then then you just stop. You stop, you stop that process because you become attached. <clears throat> but you let it go and they say thank you when you appreciate it and you enjoy it and you learn from it and it inspires you but you move on. You let it thank you. Bow your head, say thank you and let it go and then bring yourself back and carry on. That's how it works. And that process there is, is across, as I say, is across the whole of your personality. And if you really want this to work, the whole of you's got to engage with this. You can't just do one bit and ignore it. You won't. You'll get something, maybe, 
but it'd be nothing to what the full reward can be ultimately. <clears throat> so this is why we have to see that the whole of ourselves, bring the whole of ourselves to, and all these small things we've been highlighting this week that constitute that harmony with the Dharma, <clears throat> spiritual path. It harmonizes. It reflects. It's at one. It is the Dharma, actually coming through you. And, and, and beginning to chip away chip away at all the stuff that you've created that's stopped it that's made this me thing so it's all harmonizing and it's all one therefore we take on the whole of it so that we can so that we can allow that mysterious process and it is a mysterious process because you'll never be able to pin it down allow that mysterious process to to, to, to take place with absolute with trust and that's why we have to see the whole of ourselves and nurture every every aspect um, you know as I've been highlighting this week and what I, what I haven't said is that to help you to nurture to, to bring all those to, to, to bring the positive to, 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 to engage to taste the eye this is, this is doing this isn't passive none of this is passive this is this is this is challenging, challenging, going against the stream of what, the stream that you've created for yourself. This is turning around and swimming against that stream. That takes commitment. And that's a positive thing that you do. And what, what we can do to help us nurture these, these, this, this change, this commitment, are the paramitas, which we talk about a lot and written about. Holy positive things that you engage this is this is engagement this is engaging with the principles of of who you really are your true nature so you so you become familiar and you learn to tease them learn to bring them into your life so you bring the whole thing together and you know we're not even talking about meditation here and so it becomes something incredibly personal and something totally engaging all the time you see the opportunity to cultivate the spiritual path, um, continuing your life, and that's massively challenging because, like I say, it's like swimming against a stream. It's not easy. You can never say it's easy. There should always be an edge in your training. You should always feel a little bit. There's a little bit. This complacency, this comfort zone. Everything is all lovely and peaceful, and I'm. You know that's fine. That's okay. I mean, that's that's you know you can't say that's a a, a, a bad experience. But if it stays, stays with you on and on and on too long, that needs looking at. That absolutely needs looking at. Because if you want change, you have to go against the stream. If you go against the stream, you experience dukkha, and that's it. That's just the nature of the game. You can't be in a comfort zone all the time and expect to pop out the other end sometime, some point down the, down the road. It doesn't work like that. So you need to be open and honest with yourself. Look at your comfort zone. Look at how you're just living in that lovely, lovely, uh, safe, secure place that you made for yourself. And then ask yourself, do I actually want to do this training? Am I, am I serious about this? Do I want the change? Do I want to answer the questions that that come up that brought me here in the first place? Do I want the answer to those questions? Because you'll get the answer. All the answers are inside. They're not out there. They're all in here. Every, every, all of these questions are answered inside. 
but you have to go looking for the answer. And in order to find the answer, you'd, you'd think that to get broken up. This comfort zone has to be challenged. It has to be. It has to begin to lose its security. You've got to get out of it and feel feel uncomfortable. You're not comfortable when you're outside your comfort zone. By definition, it, it's it's it, you're you're stepping into a fearful place because you don't know it, and you experience fear to one degree or another, and that's not pleasant. None of us want that, so we recoil and we don't go there. But if you want this to work, there has to be something that's not very far away from you, always stepping. Feeling, feeling slightly uncomfortable, push, go, going, pushing yourself, get, stepping into, into something you're not familiar with, which is challenging your habits, your conditioning that we spoke about. We condition beings. We're like machines. We just plod on. And it needs to be challenged. And when we challenge it, it's, it's very un- it can be very uncomfortable. It can also be very exciting, actually. Going into the unknown can be very exciting. A little bit of fear can be very exciting, actually. And this is what you have to be prepared to do. So, you, as I say, you need to look at yourself in the round, being credit, totally honest with yourself, and just look at look at your. Am I being complacent? Am I just looking for the easiest line of res, of, of resistance, which is what humans do always looking for the easiest line but when you practice the Dharma um, you know you have to be prepared to give this up so anyway sort of <coughs> if you had any thoughts yesterday and I thought we could conclude this conclude this um, subject today on our last talk um, if you do have anything to share, anything to query, um, because when you go into the unknown, you can be confused, not know what to do, because you're not familiar, you don't have the experience, so you don't know what to do. So in itself, that in itself has got to throw up questions at times. Um, and this is the opportunity to maybe help you help you take that step, help you to 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 so you can so you can verify what you're going to do is is the, is the right thing that you are taking the right step. That's what questions are for. That's why we ponder these things. So if you have any thoughts oh, okay. um. actually what you could do excuse me Mr. Sack, what you could do you could pass the mic around and we might find some hidden talent in the audience somebody might start bursting into song and uh, you know we could Find a new Frank Sinatra. Um, also, I mean, well, maybe not. Well, I don't know. It's 
if it's on well, the, I set the recording level. If it's in the big long okay. Well for it to remain there. Okay. Okay. Um I think I'd be quite interested to hear more about service to others. Uh, I mean, I feel in my own practice, uh, there's maybe a, a, a space there um, to, to move into um, that I possibly haven't been so aware of uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also feel that that space can be potentially challenging you know for me because what's in it for me <laughs> well exactly <laughs> that's exactly what it's about <laughs> well that's exactly what it's about isn't it that's precisely what is challenging what's in it for me and there may be something in it for you but that's okay let's let's take one step at a time let's not try and be a saint in one stroke but let's be a you know a bit more of a um, you know a graceful sort of progression. Um, yeah, it is. It is. I think most of us. Some of some of us are givers. I mean, I, I notice that, and I notice in the group. In some people, it just is what they do. It, I mean, I, I'm not that type. Never have been. Some people, it's just. It's like instantly, you know, if you ask, will somebody do this? Somebody will just say, oh, "I'll do it." You know. And some people will never, will never open their mouth. If the ceiling fall down, they wouldn't move. <laughs> <laughs> they leave it somebody, somebody to go and pick, pick the, pick the debris up, and move it out of the way, <laughs> so I can get up and get on with what I, whatever I want to do next. I mean, it's, it's true. Some people never do anything, anything, and like other people, seem to live. A lot of their life just giving, and it's—I don't know whether you know. I mean, I, I think that's incredibly admirable. Actually, I mean, it's something I admire greatly in people because I know it's not something I do. I always find myself just let me think about it for a minute. You know, am I prepared to like the inconvenience more often than not? I mean, it's not like some like you know something huge that can I do it? Of course, I can do it, but can I be bothered? You know, somebody else do it is more the point. Um, you know, uh, and for those of us that do have that inclination, that habit of well, you're looking after yourself, aren't you? You just, you just, you know, retaining your own little space, and you, and you, and you can't be. You know, you can't be bothered a lot of the time. I mean, if something's really serious, you, you do do it, don't you? You know, I mean, most of us will pick somebody up off the floor if they fall over. I mean, you, you do. I mean, there, there is a line that, that mm. but, but, you know, I'm talking about things that where you sort of got an option where you can say no just as easy as you can say yes, as it were. And and if you can see that and you, you note that in, in your life, you know, whether you're at work or whether you're at home or whether you're here, and, 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 and the opportunity comes along for you to take a task on, um, just to step forward and, and offer it, and, and, and you can see that you, you, don't, you leave it to somebody else, well then, you know, maybe you can just um, 
not not stay in that stay in that you know in, in your comfort zone because that's what it is you just you just stay where you know where, where you're not going to be disturbed where, where just leave it, leave it for somebody else to do you can make the effort you can if you see that as something that it's something that begins to bother you um, if you're not somebody who who does who does things for others at all or very very little um, you know, if you're doing this training, it is it is something that you seriously need to look at because it's all about protecting me, looking after me, and not really caring about others. And and if that's your attitude, then then that's displaying the attitude that you have towards yourself. Actually, you know what goes on outside is a it's a projection of what goes on the inside. We can't hide ourselves. And if you see that, and you can see, well, this is obviously something that needs to be looked at. You know in my life, in my daily life. And when the opportunity comes, um, challenge that, break that barrier down, make, change the habit, the, the habit of, of, not, of not doing anything to, to a habit of offering to do something, for example. And then you, I mean, this is why it's so incredibly personal, you know. Um, and you have to decide whether you want to stay in your comfort zone and just have an easy life, or do you want to, you know, up, shake yourself up a little bit and 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 actually go and do something that you, you that you've not done before. And that can bring terrific reward when you do it. You can feel really good, you know. Actually, if you if you're looking if you're looking for something for you in doing something for others. The reward is, is, is in doing something for others, helping others, and just feeling really good about yourself. You can feel amazing that, that nothing, nothing, you couldn't buy that. And, and, and getting praise from people is, is not really, I mean, that, if, you, if you're looking for praise for what you're doing, I mean, that's just shifting, shifting from one side to the other is not you're not really you're not really you want to do do things you're not you're not looking for you're not looking for for reward but you can feel it yourself and feel very incredibly good about yourself and see why so many people actually do spend their life in that mode and they're usually really quite happy people actually and they, they very often don't have very much either they're not sort of material people so I think when you're material, you do have to be looking after number one and, you know, doing things for me all the time in order to get these things. There are people who are not particularly bothered about any of those things and yet and yet they have a fulfilment in their life that people with material stuff don't have. Why is that? What's going on there? Why should you feel that way? Doesn't make a lot of sense, really. Well, on one level, it doesn't make sense. But what you're doing is that you're you're free. You're doing what your heart wants to do. What you really want to do, there, you want to be open and inclusive, and embrace, and help, be compassionate and empathetic towards people and situation. Something there that's always trying to sort of get out of it, get get out as it were. And this me thing is stopping it all the time. No, no, I'm doing, what I'm going to do is all for me. So you get out of the way. There's, no, there's nothing in it for me. So you push your, but actually, you know, when you clear the space, it will naturally flow. It's very much more an expression of, of your true nature, who you really are. And for us, we, we should be nurturing that, becoming familiar, breaking the barriers down, the habits that we've created of self-interest, 
so that it does begin to shine through more and more. And it's just a wonderful thing that can, you know, it's just there's nothing like it actually. You know, from, from a human level, you may not gain too much materially, you may not be very rich materially. Like quite the contrary, often, it takes you away from that place. But, but, it, but it makes you a better human being. And that's what we're meant to be doing. We're meant to be moving in that direction. So, you know, have a look at yourself, you know, whether it's at work. I mean, work can be a massively challenged because for a lot of us are in a place where we don't want to be in the first place and we're absolutely looking after ourselves in those environments keeping ourselves away from the madness that goes on that you don't want to be a part of I mean that's a massively challenging thing much easier in this sort of situation um, but wherever you know they're all at home absolutely you know this is your training if you see that, and you don't like what you see, because it actually isn't very nice to see it, really, if you're honest. It isn't nice, there's nothing to be proud of, actually. Um, and nothing to go bragging to your friends about. Look at me, I don't do anything for anybody. You know? How many people say that? Because <laughs> it's, 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 not it's not a nice thing, to, not a place to be, is it? But that's it, you know, this is, this is our training. I mean, this is service. You know, and, and, and real service, as I was trying to touch on, is, is when you, somebody asks you to do something and you just do it without question, and you just do it. Even though, even though you can think of a better way of doing it, even if, well, if you, you don't want to do it. But, but you do it because you ask. It's, 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 you know, it's a situation that you put yourself into, that, that you are prepared to, to become somebody of service. And then work with all your resistance when you're fighting that in your... Oh, this is a stupid thing to do. What am I doing this for? Um, I mean, I used to live in a house when I, when I did my Zen, Zen training. When I lived in, in this big house in London. Um, where every day part of the routine was to, was to dust, dust a house from top to bottom literally every day and I would challenge anybody on any given day to find one speck of dust anywhere but you go around with a duster and you dust places where you know there's no dust and this is a completely on a practical level this is a completely stupid thing to be doing I was not born to be a duster and I wouldn't mind if there was actually somebody to clear away that makes total sense but when there is nothing to clear away but it's a part of the routine it's it's one of the one of the one of the I don't like the word you know we say chores stuff you know I mean what is that you know that that, that, that just sends us it's like a chore meaning you're doing something you don't want to do I really don't like that a task because tasks are challenging that's fair enough a chore is um, something that you resist, that you don't like. So, I, 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 I never use that word. You won't hear me ever use that word. Um, and like I say, you know, as an example of, of being in service. I mean, I was in a situation where I was in service. I agreed to go into that environment, and I agreed to be a part of that environment. 
Nobody forced me to go through the door. I went in there, and therefore I take on all the rules and regulations that are part of that thing. Whether I like them or not is completely irrelevant. I'm not there to change things, make things the way I want them to be. I'm there to follow what I'm asked to do, or told to do. And I do it without, without wanting to change. And, 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 and if I feel a resistance to that, which is inevitable to happen when you ask to do something like dust a house that has no dust in, clearly you're going to think, well, you know, this is pretty mad. But you do it because that's what's asked of you. And that is, and, and you do your best. You don't just, I mean, you actually do, you actually do imagine that you're actually removing dust. <laughs> what do you ask them? cleaning, you're polishing, and you are stopping. I mean, it, it does, it's not a completely ineffectual thing you're doing, but it's not something that you would regard as being urgent. Um, as, uh, as an example, and then, and then do it, and then just, why am I doing this? I'm not going to do this. I want to do that. I want to do it this way. All of that stuff, that's not service. Unless you're asked to do it, you know, you do it whichever way you want to do it, no problem then. You can do it your way. You'll be given permission to do it. That's not the same thing. Is that you're given this task to do every day, or maybe to go in the kitchen and make food every day, or do the washing up every day. You know, you have these tasks, and, and this is service where you just you just go and do you go, and all the resistance, all the me stuff that comes up, is precisely what's there for you to work with. And I know. And it's, and it's something I dare not do with, with you people. I had a teacher that would always be trying to stir you up. So like, exactly like the dusting, for example. Because it's pretty obvious that, that, that nobody wanted to do it. It's not something that most blokes want to do anyway. But you want to do it even less when you can see you don't need to do it. And that's all part of stirring you up. Go ahead and do it anyway, see what it feels like work with, you know, all the emotions that come up, resistance, aggression, aversion. There's your training. Why can't you just go and dust? Why can't you just go and wash the dishes? What's That's, that I would say is, is, is service. And that is almost like particular situations where you have the opportunity to um, cultivate service uh, when when you're, I don't know, has a slightly different flavour than just simply helping people. I think. Um, I mean, you can regard that in the bigger picture as I'm, I'm serving, I'm out there to help people. You know, we be careful with that one, but but nevertheless, you know, it's all it's all getting you out of your comfort zone. It's all getting you to to see your resistance, how you want to do things your way. It's all it's all part of letting go. But if you feel you can do that in your life, if that's something that's becoming, you know, clearer to you, then make the effort to go places where you've not gone before. Help. It's, uh, you know, it's, you, you'll get it in all spiritual traditions. You, 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 get, you, go, you go to any, any sort of monastery, any, any, any religious institution and stuff, it's full of people, it's, it's, part of, it's part of the job. 
It's about being in service. You're there to serve. You're not there to to think and do it your way. You're there to serve selflessly, 100% commitment. That's training. You're training yourself to let go of this, this self. That's a very good question. Continuation of that idea, or that topic of service. Um, I found that the service that I've been involved in on this retreat, I found it quite disruptive to my stillness. And it just took me quite a while to get settled. And I've been reflecting on it. And I think, for me, um, being vigilant to my service comes from a sort of a worldly conscientiousness, or comes from there's kind of a tension in it. I have to be on a, or alert to whatever it is I need to do. And it's kind of working at odds, seems to be working at odds with letting go on the cushion. So I'm just wondering, can you offer me any guidance on how to remain vigilant to what it is you have to do, you know, in terms of your tasks, but also to let go? Well, I think, first of all, somebody in your position, you've got to realise that you're not going to have the privilege that so many of others on retreat have of not having to think or do anything really somebody's got to be at the front it's like me I mean I'm not, I, I can't go on a retreat like this and expect to spend five, six, seven days in peace and quiet on my own ain't going to happen so I don't, I, don't, I don't come here with that in my mind my, my mind is about where I am with this is, is to keep it running as smoothly as possible and, and do whatever I have to do in order to maintain that. And if I happen to get a bit of peace and quiet in the middle of all of that somewhere, then, you know, to me that's a bonus. Because I expect to be disturbed at any time. And I can't, how can I make an issue of that? So you're in a different mindset when you're, you know, when, you, you know, when you're in this, this sort of position. And, that, and that's your training, actually. It's like, of course I want it to be, I want to be quiet for the next five. You know, I want I want this next afternoon to be night. I don't want anyone to disturb me. I want to be on my own. I want to be quiet. I want to meditate and stuff. Um, and then somebody comes along and wants something from you. And then, you know, that's your training now. You've got to let that go. You've got to let go. You're not going to get it your way. And it's and it's a you know it, it is a big challenge. But it's it's definitely it definitely is the practice. You know, but you've got a slightly different flavour to it. Same as the same as, and you're going to get that in the future. You know, so you can let go of any idea of doing seven day silent retreats, <coughs> mate, because you ain't going to have them. <laughs> you know, and if you're in that position, you know it, it's perfectly justifiable for you to go off on your own somewhere and do it because you're not going to have it in the same way that the rest of the, the group can have it. Um, you know, and you make that your training, and, and you just see your resistance. You know, see your, you know how you how you fight these things, and now you don't want it to be like that. You want it to be like this. W- what else is it about? It's all about letting go, and going with circumstances. That, that you know, that's that's the way it is. You know, it's like it's like the cook. They're, you know, they all the time. If if they're not actually physically working, then they're thinking. They're, planning and stuff the whole retreat's like that for them can't be any other way they never 
you know, they have to have retreats where they don't cook. And then they can jo- jo- join the rest of the group who basically have, have nothing to do. Little, little tasks that we have. Um, and when you come to those tasks, you know, do be as wholehearted as you can, be as s- simple and as straightforward as you can, don't make a lot of fuss, don't start stirring it up, don't start changing things, just do what's in front of you, bow your head and get on with it, whether you like it or not, do it. That's the training, you know. Um, and, and you, and you, you do need, you know, different mindset, you know, in, in your position. That's what, you know, that's what you get paid for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, and you have to decide. You know, you know there's nothing stopping you saying, oh, "I don't want to do this anymore." Nobody's going to make you do it. But please don't. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> we don't we don't have a lot of we don't have a lot of leeway with that one. I'm afraid <laughs> not too many lined up behind you. Um, but do you, do you see that? I mean, do you, do, you, do you get what I'm saying there? But it's it's you know that you know what you do is a metaphor for the whole of your life actually. You know, you come in and expect things to be different, but it's not. It's all about me and my, and my relationship to the world, my relationship to life, how I engage with it, with, with individual, and, and, with, and with myself. This is no different, except we put it under a microscope, so that we shut a lot of things down. And, but still, essentially, it's no different. Stop dealing with me and what I want or don't want. <clears throat> but it's it's a great it is I mean it's easy to say this but it, it is a it is a great opportunity being in that position it's far easier to be in a position where you've got no responsibility and you just you know indulge in your in your in your practice without having to deal with disruptions and things that are coming to disturb that's much easier to do that than it is to you know be uh be disturbed very, very regularly. And then, you know, like this stuff that went on the first... I mean, it, you know, we've never experienced that before, have we? You know, completely out of the blue. I mean, it did affect everybody, as it so happened, but primarily you, because you were chasing to try and get the thing fixed. Alarms going off and throwing everything up in the air. Make a problem of it, or you can... Welcome to the universe, you know. Oh, it was Tom, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, I was going to ask about um, forgiveness, and uh, I was thinking uh, a little bit about, you know, forgiveness. I, I see forgiveness as, as a process of um, letting go and a willingness to let go. Well, you have to you have to willingly let go, otherwise you wouldn't be forgiving, would you? I mean, that's the definition of forgiving: is that you are letting something go. So, yeah, you're holding on to something that's precious to you, whatever it may be. You know, a, a particular situation. Are you talking well, like with others or with yeah. yourself? Or well, both? I mean, it's the same. You know, with, with yourself. I mean, it's something we we don't really 
make a lot of play of is um, is confession. You know, it's very big in well, it's big in Buddhism and it's big in you know in, in, in monastic life. is a very very big part is to always be un- unloading yourself of what you consider to be you know your misdemeanors, as it were, whatever they may be, small, medium, or large. Is that it's a way? It's a way of emptying yourself. It's a way of letting go because it's, it's all they're all your possessions, and they can be incredibly disruptive possessions. If you're holding on to something, you know you've been unskillful in the past, and you may have hurt somebody or whatever, and you've never been able to resolve it, and you carry it and carry it and carry it. This can be a massive impediment doing what we do. That can really affect you big time because Mara loves stuff like that. Oh, what about well, you think? You know, what about so and so? What you did to them twenty years ago, or was it thirty years ago? Anyway, you know, you you just thinking of yourself and, and look look at the look at the pain and distress you brought somebody, and that can sit with you, and that can really. I tell you, I remember. When I was in Sri Lanka, it was quite amazing really, there's a, a monk, a Canadian monk, who was, at, was as dedicated as anybody to meditation and he was sitting for hours and hours every day. But there's one thing, and, and, and you do, and as a monk you're, you're continually emptying yourself of things, you know, that you, you just, and it's when you, when you talk to people, when you confess, how relieving is that, you let go of a burden that you're carrying. Um, he, he, he had something um, he many years earlier before he became a monk he he didn't pay his taxes on something or other I mean something that you know most of us could be questioned about over the years <laughs> especially if you're self-employed <laughs> you all duck and dive to some okay now, when you're a monk, I'll tell you, the smallest thing like that, that we can so easily forget, saying, well, that's what you do, it's all part of the, part of the game, that can suddenly become... And he, and he remembered something that he didn't... I, don't, I actually don't know the details, and I don't know if it was a huge amount of money or whatever, but it bothered him so much, he actually disrobed, and he went back to Canada and settled it, whatever it was, I don't know, and then came back and took the robes again. He, he just couldn't... No, he, he definitely made a problem with that. I mean, that there are ways of... Uh, and monks are taught ways of dealing with things, because Mara loves... I mean, I had something with Mara. You know, the, I mean, none of us are perfect, for goodness sake. If we all rake around, we can all find things that, that, that we, could, we could reproach ourselves about. But you have to learn, you know, not to... Take yourself a lot of things. You just have to let go. And um, but that, but that there is 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 a part of, of that forgiveness sort of mentality that, that there's been something that's been wrong, something that's not right, and you want to unburden it. You know, can you talk? You know, can you forgive yourself? Can you say? You know, can can you talk yourself out of it, as it were? Can you say, well, I can't go back. I've done my, you know, I'm not perfect. Um, I can't, I can't change things. You know, the, the person's dead anyway. So, I mean, very often, if you can go and talk to the person, there's a way of unburdening yourself. It's a way. It, 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 that's a, that's a way of of, of forgiving. It's about letting go of something, of 
of, of confessing is about letting go of something that, 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 that you're holding on to that can become a that can become a you know something very um, very difficult for you to be carrying around. In the same way, I think that all comes into the same thing that when you're forgiving somebody, when you're opening up and you're forgiving somebody, you're, you've been carrying something, and in a way that's unburdening yourself of something that you're carrying. Um, so you're actually, you know, you're forgiving somebody something, but actually in a way you're, you're actually forgiving yourself, you're letting go of something that, that you're carrying. And it's very important that we're prepared to go down that, that path, um, and see if we do have, if we are, if we if we are carrying a situation that that you are that you you know part of the scenario is that you are lumping a lot of blame on other people because they've hurt you and you feel hurt and it's created this situation for you and you want to and you want to. Uh, you, you, you don't want to keep sort of demonising that person that you're carrying around. You want to let that. You want to let that go. Then you can actually go to somebody and, and talk and, and 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 forgive them and 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 un, un, unburden yourself of that situation, that thing that you've that you've been carrying. I mean, that's letting go of a possession. And that's something that you can do. But also, like I say, you can do it with yourself got to learn to forgive yourself, learn to look and say, well, I'm not perfect, because that, that Mara, that little monkey that we all carry, will exploit when the situation is, is, is there, can so easily exploit, you know, something that you've done, something that you've carried, something that bothers you, something that you can't change, something that maybe happened a long time ago. You have to learn to forgive yourself, saying, you know, I won't do it again, you know. I made a mistake. We all make mistakes, I'm not perfect. Um, but I've got, to, I've got to let it go. And so that letting go is, is about forgiving yourself. You're letting something go that you're carrying, which can have a huge effect on your life. So whether it's inside or whether it's outside, that all comes into the same, into that, into that same area really which what it is is learning to let go you know this is this is what it always comes to and it can be so incredibly difficult for us we can't so often we can't forgive you know if we've been hurt in the past with something we just we cannot forgive that person <clears throat> and so we carry it and we carry it and you've got to realize that that person that's the situation that happened a long time ago is, is your possession. You own that now. That's got nothing to do with that person, actually. You are now the, you, you are the one who creates that person. You create that scenario. And you create all the, all the reaction around it. That is your creation. And therefore, it's something that you can see is very unwholesome, very unskillful, and something you just want to, of course it's horrible, you want to let it go. And so you have to learn to let it go and forgive the person and maybe just say, you know, to yourself, well, you're not perfect, I'm not perfect, you make mistakes, I make mistakes. You know, let's, let's, let's all just forget it and let's all move on and just let it go. And that, and that can be massively difficult.
But it's also something that I think a lot of us have to learn to do. And a way of freeing ourselves up because we can end up burdening us and we can end up really bitter and twisted. It's, it's a lot of a lot of aversion, a lot of very unskillful stuff can come out. Get rid of it, dump it, you don't want it. Let it go. Forgive, forgive. If that's if that's what needs to be done in order to to, to move on, to let go and to move on. You know? And that could be huge. Huge thing. Huge it can be a huge thing. Because it's had such an impact on our on our lives. But who's the victim? Who's the victim now? You were the victim then, you're certainly now the you are still the victim. But now you've got you can take control of that situation and, and unburden yourself of being the victim. And whatever it takes, forgive yourself, forgive them, genuinely. Let it go. And then you're free. And that's an important that's that's actually an important principle and it's something I say we've never really got that together in this in this group, but it's it's quite normal for people to to meet and to and to discuss these things and talk about things that you know really quite small very often but just getting it out there very often is a way of freeing the whole thing up and letting it, and letting it all go and then you're empty the idea the object of this is to be empty not to be carrying anything you definitely don't want to be carrying negative stuff let it go let it go let it go and then everybody everybody's the Everybody, um, everybody gets something from that. Everyone's the winner. There you go. This is what we need to look at ourselves and ask ourselves: Are we carrying things around? Do we really need to do that? Does that answer that? Yes, it does. And, <coughs> and look, following on from the idea, the, the idea of, our, of service, I mean, that's something that, <coughs> I mean, that, that I sometimes reflect upon is, I mean, there seems so much injustice, you know, in the world. I mean, you don't have to go far to see someone on the streets, so, but then even in the wider world. And I sometimes wonder, you know, should I be meditating, or should I be doing something more about, you know, it, it may be more mundane injustices closer to home. I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I think if you're going to carry the injustices of the world around your, on your shoulders, then you're going to have a pretty big weight. Um, I think. I think the effect, I mean, it's the, the nature of the world, you know, it's not being complacent, it's an awful lot of, um, you know, a lot of unwholesomeness in the world that's there and I guess it will always be there. And, and, I, and I think what you can do about it, what can you do about it, well, I guess it depends how motivated you are, maybe you can devote yourself to a particular area that 
particularly interest you. I mean, there's a lot of voluntary work out there to help alleviate the imbalance of things. So there's a lot of that to do. But I think in terms of you say about meditation, I think, you know, the Buddhist way, the Buddhist way to change the world, I know this is very controversial, because it's not always thought in these terms, but I think certainly traditionally the way the way that you that the way you contribute to the change of the world is to change yourself truly change yourself because as i've as i've said you know we the potential that all of us got is 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 pretty amazing actually but first of all we we got to work on ourselves and empty ourselves of this self thing this thing that gets in the way of 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 something that we all that we all live out of that when it's free can have the most incredible effect on the world even if it's only locally small thing you can't go I'm going to save the world you know and where's that coming from but what you might be able to do is affect people around you and those that come into your you know contact and in your in your environment um, by, by, by learning to be a better person yourself by learning to un- unload yourself of all your self-interest you will naturally, when you do that, I think you naturally start to go out. The energy's got, got to do something. The energy's not used on just looking after me. It will start to flow out. And that, and that naturalness that we've all got, that natural goodness that we've all got, we've all got that, you know, that, you know our, our true nature has all of these qualities can begin to flow and you can have a terrific effect on... Just the people around you are on a bit. You, you, you're not going to get out there and change the world. I mean, people who try to do things like, like that usually end up causing wars. Because there's always... People always disagree with each other. Nobody's ever going to be, as, as the Buddha said, there's, never, there's not a man now, there's never a man in the past, and never never be a man in the future who will be liked by everybody. It can't happen. I mean, even somebody tried to, tried to kill the Buddha, for goodness sake. So nobody, you can't, that's the way it is, you know, it's the nature of this realm that we live in, but you can, without being complacent, you can, you know, as far as Buddha's concerned, it's change yourself, work on yourself, clear yourself out, and then, and then let that flow and see the effect that you can have on others, you know, which can be, as I say, just the example of the Buddha, what sort of effect did he have on the world when he emptied himself of his of his of his self, what effect has, has he had? I mean, that is, humans are just incredible. We are incredible creatures. We have no limits with what our, our potential is. Infinity, you know. And the only thing that that stops us fulfilling this, or at least making good inroads into into that potential, is this me self interest. What is it about? Get to the bottom of it. Free, free, free up that which is just waiting to burst, waiting to come through, and allow that to affect. Allow that to do its bit, as it were. You ain't going to change the world. The world is, you know, pretty depressing, isn't it? When you when you look at it from particular perspective, look at it from other perspectives. They, fantastic things. I mean, the world. I think the world's fantastic, actually. Despite our best efforts to mess it up, it's still a great place to be, to, 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 to celebrate and to, and to revere. 
and uh, you know we can we can have an effect, but you know, but we can only uh, we can only do so much. And I think if you really make too much effort, you end up upsetting so many people because <laughs> they've got a different view on things. You know, this is how all start. So, I think that's what, that's all we can we can contribute, and that's, that's what we, the potential that we can contribute is it's enormous. Seriously. That's when I've missed off my list. <laughs> there you are, you see. Now we've completed the circle. Not taking yourself seriously. I don't think we covered that one. Not directly. Carry on, sorry. No, if you can just Oh, I see. You want me to... Oh, right. Well, that's... I mean that's another burden, isn't it, that, that we carry? It's all to do, it's all to do with me and what we we we, we think of ourselves. <coughs> so precious, we are so we are so important, you know, that everything, you know, all all of our experience, all the challenges that we have, we do take so seriously, and it's so threatening, and we're so, as I say, precious. I think is is, is a very good word. That we got to loosen up, we got to lighten up. We can take this training far too seriously too, and you see it, and I've seen it. People, it's it's all about taking yourself. We do take ourselves seriously, and we do we do have to take responsibility for all of that by all means. But there's, there, we go so far with it, and then we just have to stand back and just look at what we're actually doing. Is that in fact? By taking ourselves so seriously, we're actually compounding the very thing that we're meant to be loosening up. We have to develop, have that, nurture that ability, just to to laugh, to laugh at ourselves and how important that we think we are, and how um, you know everything, everything has to, everything has to be my way, and I'm and I'm so and I'm just well, I'm just so precious. I mean, I think that's a a good way of describing ourselves. We just got to learn to laugh at that, laugh at ourselves if we go down that road and we end up living our life by taking ourselves too seriously. And what we do with that and how we affect others and how we just just sort of grind grind everything into, into, into the dust instead of just occasionally just standing back and just think how you know get things in balance get things in, in perspective that that we need to laugh at ourselves just to keep the whole keep this practice healthy and to keep it balanced so that we do have that we have that balance that sense of a balance in our in our in our in, in our in our practice as, as as we go forward we do our best we apply ourselves as best we can 
But, you know, if we're not, things aren't going our way, and we're pushing and pushing and pushing, just stand back and have a look at it. Just, just hang on a minute. Let's just chill out here a bit and stop taking ourselves too seriously all the time. <clears throat> and laughing at ourselves. You know, can you do I think you have to ask yourself, can you do that? As you live your life and you take life so seriously and all that you do and so intensely and just occasionally just see the futility of all of that. Personally, I, I found, in fact, that it can be a bit of a deflection, or sometimes the jokey part of me can be a deflection from maybe um, that hiding behind the aspect of maybe that I am taking myself seriously, but the, sometimes the facade there of just being very jokey, or, you know? Um, you, do, you do have to take yourself, you've got to take this seriously, otherwise you just wouldn't bother about anything, would you? But at the same time, it's all about balance, isn't it? It's all about balance. And how far do you take that? Do you start pitting people against the wall and say, you don't take me seriously enough, do you? You know? And just really forcing yourself all the time because you're right and everyone else in the world is wrong and you must have your way. And, and realising actually that... you you know, that's not going to work, you're not going to win by doing that. And just stand back and just letting, letting, letting it go. It's not about ridiculing yourself, about putting yourself down. That's not laughing at yourself. I mean, that's ridiculing you. That's a different thing altogether. But we, 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 there's nothing wrong with laughing of, of, of seeing how serious we take ourselves and how we are the be-all and the end-all and we must get our way and things must be like this when you can actually see that you are fighting, fighting the world, you're going against the stream and, and doing all sorts of, creating all sorts of issues by doing that. You know, you just, okay, I'll let it go, you know. <laughs> it can wait. <laughs> you know, rather I think that's more of a, it's all, it's all, it's all about balance. Something that, that's so difficult for us to find the middle way. It's the middle way. It's so difficult for us. It's so easy for us to go one way or the other. That's what we do. But to find the balance between those two is what challenges because there's no self in the middle way. It's not it's not a realm that it lives in. The sense of self doesn't live there. It's got to impact one way or the other then it's then it's alive then it all you know it gives it the possibility of being alive feeling that it's alive but when it's in the middle it's not it's not exerting itself that's why we're always trying to pitch ourselves take ourselves that's called letting go Um, Alanka, you mentioned um, about regularly 
observing our habits, kind mm. of particularly unskillful ones, and then uh, during meditation you can reflect on them. Um, how would that reflecting fit in with the idea of cultivating a, a blue sky in meditation? Because, because it's these things that we carry that prevent us from experiencing the blue sky. These are the black clouds, if you like, you want to use that metaphor. These are the clouds that stop us seeing in the blue sky. We don't just drop into the blue sky. The blue sky, paradoxically, yes, actually it's always there, but we're always, we're always covering it over with, with our own stuff, with our own habits and our own, our own attachments and all the things that we're, you know, that, 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 that go to make me up. And that's what causes the that, that's what causes us to not to be able to see the blue sky. So the whole the whole purpose of practice is is for these clouds to to disperse, to disappear, to, to fall away, to go. And when they fall away, the blue sky is there. So when you if you if you if you become still, and you've got stuff that's agitating you. You're not going to see, you know, that, that blue sky. Maybe you can just stay then, and actually they do fall away, possibly. But if they sit there and they don't, and they don't fall away, and it's encouraging you, inviting you to have a look, and you need to have a look because the attachment there is so strong that in order to ultimately find that spaciousness, we first of all have to deal with the things that we're attached to. That's the whole purpose of practice. So that in time we see the reality, we see our relationship, we see how we create these things and then we begin to let them go. And when we let them go, we truly let them go, we discover what's already, we don't make the blue sky. We discover that that's what reveals it, just like it does out there when, when the clouds vaporise. The sky is there. It, it shows us it's been there all the time. That's the whole purpose. That's that's what we trained for. So that we find what is our natural, our natural, our natural state, which is that 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 vast emptiness, where there is any anything that's impeding it. That's our true nature. So this is why we have an it. This is why we go on the insight path. This is why we have to look at ourselves and work with ourselves, and see what we're made of, and see, and see. First of all, see the clouds, and then see how we make them. Why they're there in the first place. We have to know that. We have to investigate. We have to get to the bottom of that. Otherwise, these clouds keep coming all the time, all the time. But we never see that. We never see what is our true nature. So we. That's the whole purpose of insight practice, is to see the, the whole nature of these things that we create and understand what they're about, get to see them in the round, and when we get to see them around, we can just, we can see that we can let them go. We don't have to do, we don't have to play this game anymore, we don't have to keep reinforcing We can let them go, because we see their reality. And when we do that, and the clouds go, Bingo. Just like that. Just like that.
sound, you know, the correct spirit that needs to be sort of taken in order to develop that relationship. And but, but you also mentioned that similarly your your outer teacher there should be a similar sort of thing going on. There, could you see a little bit more on that? On, on well, your true, your true, your true teaching is is, is 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 to be found within, and and that's what you, if you're always relying on what's going on out there, that that will never that will only get that will only go so far. Your 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 liberation is to be found in here, along along with your you know your liberation is your is your inner guru, your inner teacher, and I you know encouraged you all the time to always be cultivating that but in order to cultivate that you have to learn you have to know how to do it because it's not something that you have to learn how to to do and how to cultivate that very special relationship but in order to do that you've got to learn how to do it but then that's often where you have an external teacher who's telling you how to cultivate with the inner teacher because you've got to learn how to do it so you get you get the guidance, as it were, the pointers. You know, the outer teacher is the one that's that's helping you to orientate yourself in the proper way. If you wouldn't do it normally, you know, this wouldn't happen. You'd always be out there, which is the way the mind works, looking for the answers out there, looking for your release out there. That's why we've got an external God up there. He's going to come and do it for me. But us, we don't buy that one. We, we, we learn that our, our freedom is to be found within. But you've got to learn that. And should your relationship with your outer teacher reflect that relationship with the outer teacher? Well, well, the principles are the same, yeah. Of course principles are the same, it's about giving me up, it's about opening up opening up listening to trust, which is massive to trust to open to trust something that one day hopefully you'll, you'll be able to prove you know, that you will be able to prove that what you're getting is correct so when you hear something from your external teacher that you don't that you don't Understand necessarily, or you, or you don't agree. You give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe that we, we. I think we. It's in our. It's in our future. You open up. You open up, and you give them the benefit of the doubt. Even though oh, no, I don't, don't agree with that. But shut the door. But if it, you know, if you have that right relationship. Um, that you have that you have that trust in what they say you trust what they say is true I don't I don't understand I don't understand I don't don't get what you're saying but I give you the benefit of the doubt until I can prove it myself this is not blind faith until I prove it myself so that you look in and then hopefully you will see that what they've been pointing to is is correct so it's it's the same it is it is it is it is it is about it is about trust, it is about opening up, give the benefit and that's why we struggle with this, this path, spiritual path. We don't do that. We're not conditioned 
do trust. But that's not, that's not trust faith. I don't like to use the word faith because then it becomes this blind faith. But if it's something, if it's a pointer, meant to be pointed until you can prove it yourself, they're just guides. And the same that your, your external teaching is, is, is a guide. And you and you take and you trust their direction that they're pointing you in, and you follow it, and then hopefully you'll see that you know what they were pointing to. It turns out to be, for my own personal thing, that's the thing that saved me. With my teacher when I started, I mean I I hit the buffers big time. I didn't know whether I was coming or going, and all I had was 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 trusting my. Teacher that what my teacher was telling me was right, I didn't know. And it, and it, and it was very, very challenging, but I, I trusted it, don't know why, but I had that trust and it, and, and it proved to be correct. But if I didn't have that trust, it wouldn't have happened. It, you know, it's, it, it's a huge challenge for us, this business. You know, we're, we're going against the stream of our conditioning. We don't trust, I don't do trust. I want you put it down there. I want it in black and white, mate. I want to see the stamp, guaranteed stamp. Then I'll do it, no problem. That's what we're taught. And you can get that in Buddhism, for goodness sake, now, these days. You don't do anything unless it, unless it can be proved shown in black and white, show me the document, then I'll do it. You can get that in Buddhism now, never mind in the world. There is no, there is no, this trust thing, oh no, you mustn't trust, it. You mustn't trust anyone because you, you, you're, you're, you're going to get hurt, you're going to be vulnerable, people are going to take advantage of you. Yes, that happens, that does happen. But, do you then eject it because of that, or do you just proceed with great caution and be very aware of that danger? Because I think that's what you have to do, actually. Otherwise, you, you, as 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 the saying goes, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. That very thing that that's, that's crucial for the spiritual journey. You're you're throwing you're you're discarding it and if you discard it you, you won't fulfill it and that you know that's a huge thing for us people us western people so it is essentially the, sa- the same the same spirit the same spirit that um I think you'll find your inner guru is far wiser than your outer guru. <laughs> I have to say with great humility. <laughs> but hopefully what you do get on the outside is, is good enough to orientate you, to, to get you to find to find the real the real the real guru, the one that the one that won't let you down, the won't the won't ex- exploit you. Um, the one that you can trust, you know. But that discovery is not is not easy to make. 
think we might have overshot by a few minutes on our last day, so I think we better go back to our cushions for a little while. Thank you.